This is The Guardian. Hello, Guardian columnist Jonathan Friedland here. I now have my own US politics podcast, which is, helpfully, called Politics Weekly America. So if you want to hear my interviews with politicians like Hillary Clinton or expert analysis from Guardian journalists and the latest news from Washington, D.C. and beyond, you should subscribe. To do that, just type Politics Weekly America into Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be there every Friday. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. With so much going on in the world right now, it almost feels like we've left COVID behind, at least here in the UK. But after weeks of declining infections, coronavirus cases are starting to rise once more. Official figures show that more than 346,000 people tested positive in the last seven days. That's a 46% jump on the previous week. With UK restrictions being eased, or in England removed completely, some have argued that this was always going to happen. But the picture is actually a lot more complicated. It's probably a combination of lifting mitigation, some declining immune protection from the vaccines that people had, as well as BA2 becoming more prevalent. So as cases begin to increase again, just how worried should we be? From The Guardian, I'm Anand Jagatia sitting in this week for Madeleine Finlay. And this is Science Weekly. Nicola Davis, you're one of The Guardian's science correspondents and you've been reporting on the latest coronavirus numbers because they're going up again. 
Yeah. So if we look at the most recent data, so this is for the week ending the 5th of March, the Office of National Statistics with their COVID infection survey, they suggested around one in 25 people in the community in England had COVID. And that's up from one in 30 the week before. And it's even higher. If you look in Northern Ireland, the estimates are around one in 13 in Scotland, one in 18. And so once again, we're on this this upswing in terms of the levels of infection around the UK. So we'll get into why cases might be going up in a second, but this is just cases. What does that mean in terms of hospitalisations and deaths? Are they going up too? You've got to remember, as always, when people get COVID, there's a sort of lag in the pathway. So you get COVID, then you might get symptoms, then you might get quite ill, then you might get severely ill, and then sadly some people might go on to die. So that And that takes time. So you aren't going to see everything at once. However, we are already seeing an uptick in uh, COVID patients in hospital. And indeed, in Scotland, uh, the numbers of patients in hospital that have COVID is now higher than at the peak of the Omicron wave earlier this year. And at the moment, deaths are still quite low from COVID. We might expect deaths to rise sort of in the coming weeks. Okay, so the numbers are going up across the whole of the UK. What do scientists think might be behind this? So there are likely to be quite a lot of things at play here because it's not like one thing has changed and then we can see the outcome. Lots of things change sort of around the same time. So things like the relaxation of COVID measures, people's behaviour might be changing. So they might be mixing more, they might be wearing masks less. But you've also got other factors that are going on as well. So, for example, there's a variant of Omicron called BA.2, which has been on the rise. And there are signs that could be more transmissible than BA.1, which was the first Omicron variant that we had. That variant BA.2 is now the most common variant in Scotland, Northern Ireland and England. So that's been increasing. So it could be something to do with this more transmissible subvariant of Omicron, BA.2. What else? You've also got things like, you know, potential impact of waning immunity. A lot of uh, the more vulnerable and elderly people, you know, started getting their boosters back in the autumn. So we're now some time on from that. So that might be having an effect. You've also got things like half term that happened in schools during February. So you might have had a bit of a dip in terms of transmission because kids were off school uh, and then they've gone back. So that that might be playing a role. Um, So there's all sorts of different things that could be happening. And it's quite hard to say what is the major factor. And it's also quite unclear whether it's the same thing that's happening in all parts of the UK. So things like mask wearing. Right now, that's still a legal requirement in Scotland, in shops, hospitality venues, public transport, but not in England. So that suggests that there are multiple factors going on here. So quite a complicated picture there that you've you've painted and also not even the same in all the different countries of the UK. Uh, One other thing which I wanted to ask you about that people might have heard of is this new coronavirus variant called Deltacron that's recently been identified. First of all, what do we know about this variant and how it might have come about? So Deltacron is um, a COVID variant that contains elements of both Delta and Omicron. So it's got genes from both of the variants. And this is what is known as a recombinant virus. The way that these kind of recombinants 
turn up is when somebody gets both Delta and Omicron, it infects somebody, it replicates in that person in the same cells, and you basically get a virus that contains bits of both. Now, it's been identified in several regions of France, and genetically similar variants have been found in Denmark and the Netherlands. Uh, But it's not quite clear yet whether there's only one version of Delta Cron, as it were, or whether there are other recombinant viruses containing bits of Delta and Omicron as well. Sort of the name isn't great because it suggests it's one one variant and we're not quite sure about that yet. I mean, how concerned are scientists about Delta Cron in general? I mean, could it be contributing to the increase in numbers that we're seeing? I think it's very unlikely and, and scientists don't seem to be particularly worried about it. So, you know, I looked at this uh, last week. At that time, only a about 30 cases had been detected in the UK, according to the UK Health Security Agency. And it's certainly not showing a kind of rapid growth in cases. So it's unlikely that that is what's behind what we're seeing uh, in terms of a massive uptick. But there is a need to, to continue to monitor it for sure. So, Nicola, looking forward to the weeks and months ahead, as well as removing restrictions in England, the government has also scrapped some of the national COVID surveillance programmes. So the ONS infection survey, which you mentioned earlier, that's going to continue. But lots of others like the REACT and the ZOE surveys will stop. Why is that a potential worry? The concern there is really that it means that it will be harder to keep tabs on on what's happening. And Stephen Riker, who's a psychologist at the University of St Andrews and, and is on the uh, the Spy B subgroup of SAGE, has said it, it's like turning off the headlights at the first sign of dawn. You can't see what's coming and you don't know when it makes sense to turn them on again. And remember, it was these kinds of surveys that sort of alerted us uh, in the winter of 2020 that there was something funny happening when infection levels were rising in in sort of the southeast. And it turned out that that was a sign of the alpha variant, if you can remember all that way back to the alpha variant. Um, and so, you know, these, these surveys have been very, very valuable. And the other thing that's stopping, in England at least, is free mass COVID testing, right? The issue there is, to, so free mass testing is ending on the 1st of April. Some groups, although it's yet to be confirmed, who will have access to free symptomatic testing. But the kind of free asymptomatic testing where you can just order your lateral flow tests, that's going to end. And you'll then have to, if you want those tests, you're going to have to pay for them. So obviously that means that fewer people are likely to be taking tests. It means that people may be more likely to be out and about whilst infectious. If you add into that the changes around guidance and rules on isolation, if you are infected, you could end up with many more infectious people interacting in the community, spreading COVID. Earlier this week, Sajid Javid said that it was to be expected that cases would go up once restrictions were lifted. But what should we make of these latest figures? Is it nothing to worry about? Or are we potentially at the beginning of another big increase in numbers? Or is it just too early to say? Um, I think it's a bit of all of those in some ways. We don't yet know how this is going to pan out. Now, yes, removing restrictions, that would be expected to increase levels of COVID. But it's, it's not just about easing restrictions, even if that is playing quite an important role here. 
in terms of what's going to happen next, I mean, I think anybody who tries to make money on that in this pandemic has, you know, everyone's been surprised by the twists and turns we've had. So, you know, there are various different scenarios uh, that, that could transpire. And I think it's going to be a case of, of wait and see. But I think what's important is, you know, we've been dealing with COVID here in the UK for you know two years now. Uh, we are more familiar with this virus. We're more familiar with how to react both individually, but also uh, as a country. And so I think that it will be important to keep tabs on what's happening and make sure that we, we learn the lessons from, from previous waves. Well, we'll be counting on you, Nicola, to keep an eye on those numbers for us and let us know if things change. Thanks very much. No problem. Love you to be on the show. Thanks to Nicola Davis. You can find all of her reporting on the pandemic at theguardian.com. And just before you go, The Guardian is running a survey all about podcasts and we'd love to know more about what you listen to, what you like, what you don't, so we can make our offering even better for you. We want as many people as possible to take part, so if you've got a few minutes, then please go to www.guardiansurveys.com forward slash podcast. And we also put a link on the podcast webpage. That's it for today. The producer was me, Anand Jagatia. Sound design was by Tony Onachukwu. And the executive producer was Max Sanderson. We'll be back on Tuesday. See you then. This is The Guardian. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week, he has a candid conversation with guests, including prime ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts.